We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. everybody <laughs> what's going on everybody we are back it is episode number 108 of the outside the box podcast right here on underground sports philadelphia kb dom coming at you live <laughs> from underground studios you guys are gonna have a fun little easter egg at the end of this episode talking about big cats and no not kevin crowley and uh yeah as always guys show brought to you by our friends over at design tree <laughs> I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's go. Let's do it. We had a wild uh, pre-recording session, but uh, designtree.com, DSGN tree, search outside the box, get all your merch, use the promo code DSGN10 for $10 off at checkout. Dom, we got quite the the lineup of games this week going down, Uh, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday slate of NLL action, and... uh, you know, couple couple back to backs in this one as well. But uh, this weekend's gonna be a lot of fun. Quite a few teams on the bye as well. But things get started uh, Friday night, ten thirty p.m. Put the coffee on. This is a tasty. Get matchup. your caffeine. We've got bandits and warriors. We've got the game of the week on Saturday night, Mammoth at Rush. Saturday nine thirty p.m. Riptide go out to Calgary to take on the defending champs. Two last place teams. Vancouver. Doubles up this weekend. They have a Sunday game, 2 p.m. Eastern time at, at Rochester. Mm-hmm. And then Buffalo comes to Toronto uh, on Sunday at 3 p.m. to take on the Rock. That's rough, too. They have two road games. At two. least there's a day in between. Yeah. Uh, but let's break these matchups down a little bit before we get into our picks. Uh, first matchup of the weekend, less than 24 hours away at the time of us recording this, Buffalo and Vancouver. Two high-octane scoring offenses. Buffalo's on a roll. Vancouver still trying to find their way through that West Division. Big game for both of these teams, especially yeah. with Halifax on a bye yeah. for Buffalo to kind of gain some ground in the north. Now, now the, the, the interesting thing about this, right, is Vancouver's kind of on a surge right now, right? Their defense and goalie have really Lights picked out. up the slack. And... Um, if anybody watches LSN, like I'm going to talk about a lot of things they kind of talked about. So, well, I'm not trying to completely rip off their content, but it, it's the truth, right? Mm-hmm. And it's basically what I would talk about anyway, right? Um, Buffalo has a very high-powered offense. They've got guys who like to play with each other. They have fun with they with when they play. Mm-hmm. And you've got a couple guys coming out of the cracks now, like Klutz who has been scoring a lot recently, right? And he's been he's been coming in clutch for the team. And obviously, you know, you say the same names, Dane Smith, Josh Byrne, right? 
But the interesting thing is that Matt Vince is not having the best season, right? Now, we've talked about, like, certain games where you got the best two goalkeepers coming up against each other, and then, you know, there's a lot of goals scored in that. But, like, it seems always like Matt Vince has had a lot of goals he's allowed. Mm-hmm. And Buffalo's essentially playing a game of, can I just, or can we just put up more goals than the other team? And that's it, right? So if you come up against a team like Vancouver, who is hitting their stride defensively and in the net, it's going to be tough, right? Like, how many goals allowed did he give in the last few games? Uh, well, on the season, Matt Vince, his goals against average is uh, just a tick under 12 goals per game. That's a lot. Which is the highest since, you know, uh, 2007. for Or, sorry, 2012 for Matt Vince. It's eight years. Like, so, so he's not having his best year. But again, you know, you never know. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna play your worst lacrosse every single game, and you're not gonna play your best. He's had, he's let a lot in, but I think that also has to say on Buffalo's defense. Um, Vancouver is hitting. Like we've always said, you know, they've got their ballers on the offensive end. They've got guys that can score. Mm-hmm. But now defensively, they've they've really locked in, and and you saw it last week. And finding they had Eric a very, Penny in net. Being the solidified starter has they, been huge. They have really they locked down last week, and and um, on the road, no, no less. That's that's a statement, right? They've got a tough tough weekend this week because they play at home and then got to go on the road to play the next day. It's it's tough, but this is this is a very very interesting matchup of one team that is in form big time offensively, mm-hmm. but has to make sure that they score more than the other team. Now, they obviously have the edge and goals 78 to 67, but I feel like Vancouver's really hitting stride and they're starting to score more goals and they're starting to, you know, really come together as a team and this may be a nice little stretch where they can mm-hmm. see more wins than losses. And they and they're making a push in their division. And that's big, right? When you have a team that's confident especially from the back line mm-hmm. in up they're going to want to play harder they're going to want to win games and then they say yeah we're going on the road we play the Nighthawks right who again like we talked about before uh, on Monday or Tuesday mm-hmm. uh, they're they're hitting their stride too they're scoring goals but they're getting unlucky right right uh, but you never know what Nighthawks team you're really exactly see so this is an interesting week for the Warriors. Especially with all the teams in the West that are in action and the Seals being on a bye week. Yeah, I'm interested to see what lineups the Bandits use, though, because they play two away games, one in Toronto, one in Vancouver. They're taking a Canada road trip. Um, they're they're going to go sightseeing on Saturday or whatever, you know. But <laughs> Might be taking a sightseeing from the plane to get back quicker. Yeah, so, so you know, like, it's, it's, it's very interesting – on both ends for both teams because they play a second game. So the lineups may de- be different. And the this, Friday game is local time or Eastern time, I should say pretty late. Yeah. So Buffalo it's, coming from that East time zone, you know, it, it could mess with the body clocks a bit. Yeah. So it, it's going to be super interesting. And I think it's a toss up. I'm, I'm sort of leaning towards one end. Um, and if, if you know my picks and I really haven't picked too much, this year, but if you know my picks from last year mm-hmm. too, you know which way I would lean. 
but am I really leaning that way? I don't know. It, this is very this is very interesting. This is a really, really interesting game. Yeah, and when you bring up Matt Vince, too, like, it's not saying that Matt Vince has been horrendous. You know, like, no, this no. Buffalo team's 5-1, and one, Yeah, and Matt Vince is still having, you know, a, a down year compared yeah. to what he had last year, uh, where he's giving up damn near two more goals on average per game. Uh, but this Buffalo team is still 5-1 and one because they have that offense of... You know, Josh Byrne, Dane Smith, Chase Fraser, Cloutier. But how long can you keep it up? That's right? the thing. And I mean, how look, long can the defense not be, you know, subpar like it has been this year? And obviously, you've got you've got ballers on that defense in Buffalo, and Ian McKay and Steve Priola. But you need the depth to step up on the defensive end of things for this Bandits need, you team. You need the depth on the offensive end to keep it up, right? When when. Didn't Buffalo lose like two weeks ago or something like that? Um, when, they've been kind they, of on a roll. No, they've been on a roll. But like, like I've I've kind of unofficially named these guys the backpack mm-hmm. boys, right? And and the backpack bandits. Yeah, you've got Dane Smith and Josh Byrne, who you can always kind of count on, right? They always mm-hmm. seem to find a way to fill in both the goals and assists on the box score. But will the rest of the guys do it? Right? Will Chase do it? Mm-hmm. Will Chris do it? Will whoever else Garrett on the team, Billings right? now that he's had a few games under his belt in will, a Buffalo Bandits uniform? Will these guys be able to keep up some sort of consistency over the season? Because Josh Byrne and Dane Smith are not always going to get seven points each every single game. They're five and one. Dane Smith is how much he's got? Thirty seven. Thirty seven points. So he's averaging seven points a game right now. Will he continue to average seven points a game? Josh Byrne is almost averaging four goals a game. And granted, seven of those came in that one game against Colorado. Exactly. So you so, take that game out as an outlier, every other game this season, Josh has 12 goals, which still is good, but and, and he got a boost in that one game. This is this is the entertaining thing about the NLL is that on any given night, any given team can win, right? Like, like yeah, we've talked a couple times like, oh, this team's losing or this team's winning for sure. We said that about Halifax last mm-hmm. week and they ended up losing. And and that's what I think is the cool thing and that's why I think I'm so divided on who I want to choose because both of these teams are just so well, one of these teams is so good offensively mm-hmm. and the other one is starting to get so good all over right. the place. And and I don't know what informed team I want to take. Big thing too in this one is this is Mitch Jones's former team. Came from the Bandits before he went to the so Warriors. A little extra. Uh, so there's going to be a little money on the board here uh, for Mitch Jones to just continue his MVP race. Because like we've been saying, it's kind of the MVP race has really started to take shape a bit in my book. And it's really Mitch Jones, Shane Jackson, and then kind of the rest of the guys filling in the rest of the way. Um, but I think this is going to be a big game for Mitch Jones. 100%. I think, you know, Logan Schuss is going to have to, you know, ball out in this one. Keegan Ball has been on a tear this year as well. And the thing with Vancouver is they also just need the contributions from guys like Riley Lowen and, you know, the depth on this team to to really just keep up with the high octane that Buffalo's offense presents on paper. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Next matchup, your game of the week, which means it's free on the Twitter machine, Facebook, and BR Live. A fun little rivalry matchup in the West. Saskatchewan finally back in action, <laughs> hosting the Colorado Mammoth. We miss you guys. These two teams don't like each other. No. And, of course, these stats 
on the season are going to be quite skewed because Colorado has played four more games than Saskatchewan has already. The only thing I'm looking at right now in it that you can look at in the season head to head is just the faceoff percentage yeah. because obviously faceoffs will constant like will always be kind of consistent, mm-hmm. right? Excuse me. How many games has uh, Saskatchewan played? They've played five. They are three and two. Colorado is four and five. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, let me let me correct myself real quick. I was when I was finding those averages for like Josh Byrne and mm-hmm. Dane Smith. I was doing it as if they played five games. They only have one more. Well, this they Buffalo's only have one more six. game. Yeah, they played six. So scratch that. You know, Josh Byrne's averaging about three goals a game, mm-hmm. and Dane Smith, who has what thirty seven. You said, uh, yeah, thirty-seven points. Thirty-seven. So he's just he's averaging. 10 goals, he's averaging six. just over six points a game. So can they keep it up? You know, it's the same thing. It my my point still stands. My take still stands. Um, I just wanted to correct myself mm-hmm. before you know anybody, any listeners were like, oh, he he teaches math. <laughs> and he keeps doing. Th- I, I'm not teaching right now, so I'm not thinking like that. I always use that excuse. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm only looking at the faceoff percentage here, right? Um, now. The interesting thing is they played four, they played five games and they only have forty six goals, which means they average nine goals a game. So you're hoping that the defense keeps it up because mm-hmm. you need to score goals in this league, and and it's shown in in most games in the past few weeks that you need to hit double digits. And when you're averaging less than ten goals a game, you're going to struggle, especially against a team like Colorado, even though they kind of got. Did they go They've, to overtime last week or I forget? No, that was the Vegas game. Yeah, they got they, they kind of got waxed. So, but they do have one of the best defenses in the league. It, yeah, exactly. Still, like San Diego's kind of hitting their stride. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, again, you've got Dylan Ward, Ward in net, just an amazing goalie. Um, yes, he got smacked on, but still, he's been a fairly consistent mm-hmm. goalie for most of the season. Can he keep it up? Right. right? Um, but again, we've talked about their high octane offense, their lockdown defense, and and they've got a they've got a hard job to do in keeping Mark Matthews at bay. But I think that Saskatchewan has been exposed a little bit mm-hmm. by other teams years. when they've played because they kind of rely on Mark Matthews, in my opinion. A little too much mm-hmm. to do everything. Yeah, and and you see it right. Seventeen assists, eight goals, and twenty five points. You have your points leader on your team with only eight goals. Most points leaders on the team, if if it's a team like this where you know the same guy uh, leads in goals and mm-hmm. assists for your team, and then he's also your point leader. I mean, obviously he's going to be your point leader, but. Eight goals is your is your like leading goal scorer on the from team. a guy who had forty one last season. Yeah, and and wait, let's see, forty one, thirty two, like he's 40. a perennial 30, 40 goal scorer. And yeah, of and, and then look had at his fifty three in twenty fifteen. And and I mean, you can kind of see that he's. I don't want to say the decline, right? Saskatchewan last year got knocked out in the first round, mm-hmm. right? By so, Colorado, so he only got one goal. But like you see, like he scores goals in the postseason. Four goals, four goals, four goals, four goals, two goals, one goal with Edmonton. Uh, but those were games played. Or, sorry, so he, yeah. had, he had three one, in twenty eighteen, seven, seven eight, 20, 2017 was the year they won the title. Yeah, they won the title in I believe right or uh, tw- no, they won in twenty eighteen. Yeah, they won eighteen, fifteen, and sixteen. Yeah, and look, he had eight goals in two thousand sixteen, right? 
11 goals in the playoffs with Edmonton in 2015. So, you know, this is your guy. But I think that teams around the league have started to notice that. And like Colorado, who, like we said, knocked them out of the playoffs last year, they know this team. They they know how to play them. They know uh, kind of who they need to look for and mm-hmm. who, to, who to shut down. And, and when you have that kind of defense, I mean – that's that's just all you really have to do. And you look at the Saskatchewan defense too. You've got Kyle Rubish, you've got Mike Messenger, uh, you know, you've got transition guys that also play defense in the Cornwall in the Cornwall brothers, uh, you know, Chris Corbeil. And then you look at the forwards, Ryan Keene and Robert Church, you've got Ben McIntosh, friend of the show, Mark Matthews, like they've got heavy hitters. It's just a matter of them, you know, being able to put up the goals and, and finding that stride that they had during that championship run and you know a lot of people talk about how the rush are very similar to the patriots where they they're not fun to watch they just go out do it and win i i kind of agree with that take yeah um it's just you know they haven't been able to put up the amount of goals that we've expected from them from those heavy hitters they haven't well aren't they only they're they're, they still have a winning record though right they're three Three and and two. two so it's not like they're a bad team like i'm talking all this negative stuff about them but they're not bad Right. They know. And like you said, they just know how to win. It's just not always going to be pretty. And if Saskatchewan does win or if they want to win this weekend, it's not going to be a pretty win. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's just it's just not going to be a pretty win. They have to grind this one out and it can turn into a shootout if that's the case. Totally. But can Evan Kirk be strong between the pipes? I think the biggest game changer in this one that could swing things one way or another is going to be Joey Capito. Him in transition for Colorado is just lethal. Uh, Dylan Ward can feed him and he scores, you know, in the blink of an eye. If he can just continue to dominate the way he does in transition and score goals, that's going to be a problem, I think, that Saskatchewan's defense is playing. And along with that, you know, Saskatchewan hasn't played in weeks. Like it feels like it's been a month since the last time we've That's seen the rush play. Rough. That's which also is very rough. Gonna be interesting to see how they come out yeah. of this kind of bye week stretch they've had to not have rust on the tires. Yeah, that's it's. Uh, I don't know. It's a tough look. Yeah, very tough look. Very tough look. Plus, your boy Dylan Malloy has been, you know, finding his legs, and that could be another X factor for Colorado. I'm waiting. I'm really waiting, man. I'm really. Really? Waiting. Battle of last place teams in the East and West. The defending champs host an expansion franchise. The Riptide head out to Calgary. The battle of last place teams. This is going to be a fun matchup because you've got Tyler Digby, former Calgary Roughneck, going up against you know his former team, Alex Bouquet, I think has been so good for New York given the circumstances. He has. Uh, going up against Christian Del Bianco, a very good goalie matchup here. Very good goalie, but not having the best season. Right. He's kind of been you know up and down, and I think that's more on the Calgary defense. And like we talked about on Tuesday, them missing Dane Doby has been a huge factor. I, uh, I, Sorry, you can finish. Go ahead. I want to say this game, Dane comes back. I could be wrong. This could be the week, or it might be next week. But if Dane Doby comes back... This week, if I'm not mistaken, it's a game changer. That's a huge boost for this yeah. Calgary offense that you know is being led by our guy Curtis Dixon. I, I think this is the theme of my takes this week, and it's kind of influenced by last week. 
you can't be or the consistency is a factor in this league and you're not if you're having a tough season are you really going to have a tough season the entire year for 18 games i don't think so and are you going to be playing your best lacrosse for 18 games i don't think so and christian del bianco has not been playing his best lacrosse in between the net or in the net mm-hmm. but could this week be the week that he turns it around? Kind Could of get, be. Kind of gets his feet kind of settled, and, and especially when you're playing a team that's struggling like the Riptide, even though they're kind of finding the net and they're kind of finding themselves. They have the offense to go head-to-head with this Calgary team, in my opinion. They don't have the defense. They don't have the defense. And and that's and, and that sucks for uh, Alex Bouquet because mm-hmm. he is a very good goalie, and he's he's been doing his best to try to keep the Riptide in games. Mm-hmm which he has done a couple weeks, and it just has not... The cards have not fallen in their favor. Uh, have they played the same amount of games? Do you know? Uh, Riptide are 1-7. I believe Calgary is 2-4. and four. So Calgary's played one just, less. Just about. Two less. Yeah, right. Math. <laughs> <laughs> it's late, guys. Um, so, so what's impressive, though, is that Calgary has played two less games, and they've almost scored as many goals mm-hmm. as the Riptide. That's concerning for New York, right? They've almost they have eighty less shots. Now that's eighty less shots in two games. You can get forty shots mm-hmm. in one game, right? Right. Again, that's concerning for New York. Uh, but we also have to take into account New York early this season. I'd say probably the first three or four struggled games heavy. struggled all over the place. Yeah. Uh, faceoffs fairly fairly even. So this is this is another you know kind of like. I want to say shot in the dark when you're trying to pick a team because it like I think I give the edge to New York because Alex Woodall has been the third best faceoff okay. guy in the league. Um, yeah, this is this is another just you know interesting matchup. The defending champs have not had the best season. Curtis well, Dixon has the hangover. team on his back right now, um, averaging just over four points a game, averaging three goal, just over three goals and three assists a game. That's nice, right? Mr. Consistency mm-hmm. right now. Superman. Um, you have to have the rest of the team back it up. And you got to have the King brothers come in here and, mm-hmm. and do some damage. You got to have. Agreed. You know, if Dane is back in this game, it'll be interesting to see him kind of work his way back into the offense and be a, a huge lead. He was the MVP yeah. of the league last his year. His stick skills would be there. It's the chemistry mm-hmm. and understanding the offensive schemes and everything. like And just getting inserted back into exactly. the Exactly. Getting back to game speed right. is the hard thing. Get another week of Miles Jones this week, which will be interesting to see how he plays in this one. I oh, think, yeah, we haven't even mentioned Miles. You know, getting a full bye week now to kind of learn the playbook more, learn the, the, the schemes that Reggie Thorpe's got in place for this team. That could be a big factor in this game defensively and in transition for the Riptide. That's that's another thing that like is very interesting and 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 a stark contrast to the outdoor game. Like in the outdoor game, yeah, you do have your settled offense, mm-hmm. you have your set plays, you have your set defense, you have all of that. But sometimes you can just let guys just go, mm-hmm. right? There's the space to do it. In the box game, it's different. You have to basically run your plays. Mm-hmm. The only guys that you can kind of just let do let them do themselves are like now now listen to the names I'm gonna say Lyle mm-hmm. right uh Mark Matthews uh Curtis Dixon Dane Doby right uh big cat uh uh when when, when it gets to it Austin Stotts mm-hmm. JGR 
right? John Sean Grant, Evans. John Grant Jr. was the like epitome of that, right? Getting, but you to be able to do it, you have to be very, 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 very crafty, mm-hmm. like super crafty. I remember watching back. Oh man, what year was it? It had to be. It was my. It was 2016. He was playing with Colorado. Yes, I want to say 2015. No, uh, it was the fall. So it was 20. It was fall winter. So it was 2015 into the 2016 mm-hmm. season. I think he was playing with the Mammoth, and he scores one of the most amazing goals I've ever seen scored. And I've seen it scored in in the field, but in the box game, I just think it's that much more impressive. Where he's kind of holding the guy off, and and he's kind of bodying and posting him up, and then he he kind of takes it down the boards on that right wing, and just out of nowhere, one hand. Underhand, behind the back, snipes at top corner near post. And I'm just like, what? Did he just do what I Disgusting. think he did? And he does it so casually. Mm-hmm. And, 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 like, and that's what I'm trying to say. Like, you got to just go. And with Miles, that's kind of, like you said, he's got another week to learn the playbook. Mm-hmm. On the field, you can let Miles go and he let will him do, do him. And, and he will score goals and he will influence the game heavily. He's got to learn the, the box shifts, game. He's got to learn exactly. There's so much more to this game that he has to learn before he can focus on getting uber creative. Mm-hmm. Right? Creativity is there with him. Don't don't it's get natural. me wrong. But in the box game, you're going to need to see how well he fits into everything, mm-hmm. and then you let him loose right. and let him go do things. Because I think New York is bringing Miles in as one of those guys who mm-hmm. they believe he's young, right? He's got time to develop. He's going to be one of those guys that they're going to count on in like three years if he stays there, right? right? So like, let that growth happen naturally and organically and, and, and let him be put into this system and learn the system and the next year kind of let the reins loose a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the next year let him go a little bit more because now he's comfortable with the team, the coach, the system, and everything will work out. This week, though, very right? excited to see how we're all, we're all talking ifs and and projections and and thinking about the future. Now, right now, he's had one bye week to kind of think about mm-hmm. and work on everything. It's going to be an improvement than uh, from two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. Will it be a big influence in the game? I don't know. His physicality going up against defensively, Calgary yes. offense is going to be very defensively. Fun to watch. Defensively, yes, it's going to help New York a lot. Offensively, I don't know how much it'll help. Yeah, it's going to be a a fun watch with Miles. Kind of just another week into this uh, adventure, he's kind of uh, taking us on. But let's kick it to uh, the Sunday games: Buffalo and Toronto, a, a bitter rivalry in the North Division. Now, going to be fun. Uh, you know, we'll see who is back for Toronto in this one. Not exactly sure who's going to play, but. Obviously, second game of the weekend wait, for Buffalo. Wait, th- this is the Sunday game. We have one more Saturday game. Isn't Rochester... Two on Sunday. Oh, there's two on Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Okay, never mind. Uh, You know, it'll be interesting to see who's in the lineup for Toronto. Granted, they took down Halifax with a, a depleted lineup, so... But uh, you always say they've got that lineup where you can cut high one draw offense, off and man. another one comes in. And, and the Rock... Last week, you know, I I went on my rant. I'm not going to do it again. Um, again, they've not been playing their best lacrosse this year. They've had it tough, you know. But, but they only have a plus eight goal differential. Mm-hmm. But 
it's getting to that point in the season where you're almost halfway through and maybe your form can change. This is like that time in the season. You've played six to eight games, right? And your team form can start changing, right? The teams that'll make a statement are the teams that can keep their good form going. The teams that'll kind of be looked down upon are the ones whose form for the next few weeks stay bad, right? The teams that you're going to have to start taking more serious are the ones that went from bad to good, and the ones you're going to have to doubt are the ones that are struggling in the next few weeks. And I think that Toronto is one of those that are kind of poised to make a comeback, right? Toronto's always in the mix every year. They haven't had the best year so far. Mm -hmm. They're going to come back, right? And my boy's got a nasty mustache on this team. <laughs> uh the the biggest takeaway I have in this one too is that Buffalo has a game in hand over Toronto. January eighteenth, Buffalo beat Toronto ten eight in Banditland. Mm -hmm. uh, now it's but you know, the Rock has Toronto. a chance to get that back, especially right. with the Buffalo on a two game on the second game of a two game road mm -hmm. trip. Like you said, jet lag is probably going to be a factor in this game, and it's very interesting to see the lineup that Buffalo comes out with, especially when they've been having the defensive struggles they've had. Right. You've got your you've got your good goalie, but your defense hasn't been there. Mm -hmm. And when you come up against an offense like Toronto, even without the best player in the game, mm -hmm. that's very interesting and very concerning if you're a Buffalo fan. Definitely. And I think a guy who doesn't get enough credit for what he's been able to do this year is Rob Hellier. Sure, he's got 28 <laughs> points, not as high as most. He's got 17 goals. But he's got 17 goals, and he's been you know just blitzing people scoring goals and if there's one guy who can keep up if say Josh Byrne gets hot it's Rob it's Hellier yeah uh Dan Dawson has had a fantastic season in year I believe it's 19 Jeez. for dangerous Dan uh he's got 12 assists leading the team in assists absolute vet and he's been such a big addition to this Toronto team I think just from a locker room standpoint from just offensive production when guys are down mm -hmm. uh this matchup is going to be cutthroat in my opinion and yeah. you know Toronto really needs this game to keep pace in the north especially with Buffalo playing two games this weekend you don't want Buffalo to win that first game on Friday night and then come in here and get another game over you and kind of really cut your chances yeah. out of being in the division race and when and when you're like oh we only have to play one game this week we can really focus on this and and depending on we're at home you know exactly you're comfortable right let let whatever happens happens on Friday, and when they come mm -hmm. in here on Sunday, Take we're just care of gonna business. yeah exactly. Um, this is gonna be fun, but I think I have my pick, and I think I know you know kind of where I stand on this game. Final game of the weekend, uh, we've got Vancouver at Rochester. This will be a fun matchup too, because you know, like we said, Rochester they they can win games. It's just they've had some bad luck in a lot of these games. Their leading point scorer is only one point behind Mitch Jones, who we talk about as an MVP candidate. And that's Holden Katoni. He's a guy who I think does not he's, get nearly enough credit for what doing he's it been all. doing. He's doing it all for him. And, you know, I think it's mostly because he's on a team with Sean Evans, who is one of the best players in the game. Um, but he has been everything and then some for this team coming over from Georgia last year. Well, yeah, season. this is this is going to be a really fun matchup because you're watching Mitch Jones and Holden Katoni go head-to-head, -head, right? Um, but 
I've, I've said what I've had to say about Vancouver. So you can go rewind this if you want to hear me mm-hmm. talk about them again. Rochester's had it rough. They've had it real rough. And I think the one thing that Rochester's been exposed of is how they can lose. And 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 what I mean by that is, I, I worded that horribly. Um, teams in the league have exposed their composure mm-hmm. in games. Most notably the Wings. Exactly. And and if you can get a couple guys off their rocker, the team just starts to crumble. Mm-hmm. You know, a piece falls off, a piece falls off. It's kind of like that, like when you have the shitty turn in Jenga. I was just about to say, when you pull the wrong brick in yeah, Jenga. Yeah, you have the shitty turn every time. Everybody's taking all the easy ones, and you're like, God damn it. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> you got to pull and, from the bottom. And you get and you get by each round by the skin of your teeth, <laughs> and, then, and then it comes falling down. And that's kind of what happens here, right? They start games off strong. They go back-to-back. Back on. Uh, they, they go, go head-to-head with teams. They go on runs. They go on runs, right? But then something happens somewhere in the second, third quarter where, you know, you kind of jab at them. You get a little stab at the them. The defense and, falls apart. Yeah, and now because the, they're young, it kind of brings them back to reality. And now they're like, "What the heck's going on?" Mm-hmm. And somebody starts panicking, or you know, you kind of you kind of nudge somebody in the hip or push them into the board, ruffle the feathers, and, if you will. Exactly, <laughs> and then it falls apart. And that's funny, ruffle the feathers of the Nighthawks. <laughs> I just that that took a while to register in my head. Um, um, but uh. Yeah, it's. I'm curious to see how the Nighthawks play this week. They didn't play last week, right? Um, they did. They went to overtime with Buffalo. Oh, yeah, and lost at sixteen fifteen. Yeah, see, the reason I didn't because I thought Buffalo was going to run away with that. But yeah, um, and that's why I have questions about Buffalo this week. Mm-hmm. But um, so look, they go up against a team like Buffalo, right? They show that they have the offensive power, but again, they beat like a I, team like Calgary. But again, like I said, offense. Buffalo's goalie was not, is not having the best season. Their defense is really not having a good mm-hmm. season. It's been up and down. And, and that when you've got a team like Vancouver, who has been rolling defensively mm-hmm. in between the pipes, it's going to frustrate a team like Rochester. What happened the last time they played a team that had a good goalie and defense? Philadelphia. They, they Fight felt, night. They, yeah. Fight night at the Farg. Yeah. And they just got blitzed. Decimated. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Rochester team comes out. Are they focused? Mm-hmm. Are they driven? Are they ready to play and come out and do business? Especially at home. Or when the going gets tough, Keegan Ball starts scoring. Mm-hmm. Ms. Jones starts having a night. Logan Nothing. Shuss starts chirping at everybody like he does. Nothing's falling in net because everything's getting saved. There, you're, you're, and and then a penalty happens, and another mm-hmm. penalty happens. Does Rochester kind of lose it? And and uh, that is kind of my question, right? Mm-hmm. That's my big question of the game. What Rochester team comes out? Because that kind of dictates how the night will go. If one Rochester team comes out, it's going to be a score fest and it's going to go back and forth. Definitely. If the other Rochester team comes out, this could get ugly fast. And it all depends on who's in net, too. If our guy Craig Wendy's in net, it's going to be a fun game. Yeah. Dom, with that, I think it's time uh, we get to the Week 11 Picks. As always, guys. I don't have my thing up. So pick segment brought to you by our friends at Design Tree. That's dsgntree.com. Search outside the box. You can get the NLL OTB collab logo shirts. 
the Chef Rambo shirt that we put out, the OG one. Uh, you get the, the classic logo shirt, the Ding Ding Boxing Gloves, all of our merch in our storefront. Use the promo code DSGN10 for $10 off at checkout. Dom, let's kick things off Friday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, out in Vancouver, the Bandits, the Warriors. How do you see this one going down? I'm taking Vancouver. Interesting. Uh, I think Vancouver ends up dropping this one, so I'm going to ring the bell here. Uh, I think Buffalo is going to come out and, and get a tough road win. I think this game is going to be very back and forth. Um, but I think Buffalo squeaks one out here. And Like, uh, like I said, I think that Vancouver's hitting their stride. Mm-hmm. They have enough weapons to match the backpack boys, mm-hmm. and I think that the defense and goaltending that Vancouver brings... Um, can stifle the supporting cast of Buffalo, and that's what's going to make it tough for Buffalo. It's not going to be a runaway win. Mm -hmm. I think this game can go to overtime. Agreed. And I think that with that, the Warriors will dig deep, and then, you know, I think with that defense, Mm -hmm. they can take every possession. They don't have to rush. You know what I mean? Because certain teams, when... (laughs) When you know that you're mm-hmm. on the losing side of this tie, you start forcing. You're rushing, and and, and and that's when a break happens. Mm-hmm. And a team like the Buffalo, you can't give that up, yeah. right? So, I think that the Warriors, who are comfortable with their defense and are confident in their defense, they they're more relaxed on the mm-hmm. offensive end. So, if this game does go to overtime, I I still go in Vancouver's favor, and and I think that's why I'm picking the Warriors. Let's go to the game of the week on Saturday. Colorado coming off that tough loss in Vegas to San Diego, taking on the Saskatchewan Rush for their first game of what feels like of the season. <laughs> uh, we talked about it, the the rust that I think is going to be there for Saskatchewan. The rusty rush. Having not played in, in forever and having four less games played than Colorado, who's just kept it going and going. Colorado coming off with a bad taste in their mouth. After that Vegas game, I think Colorado goes in, wins a tough one, I agree. and takes down the rush. I agree. I, I don't think the rush have gotten to that point in the year where they can change the form that their season has had. They're back and forth, right? They're only they're three and two, so they're only one game over five hundred. I don't being off for so long. Colorado doesn't want to lose pace in this division. Either. Yeah, not scoring the goals and and the mammoth knowing they can't drop another game mm-hmm. after last week. They need to win this game, and I and that just that just says it all for me. Saturday night, nine thirty p.m. This Eastern time. This is Riptide. I like this. Game. Roughnecks. This may be my favorite game of the week. I agree. I think this game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Two dynamic offenses that put up points. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of what defense shows up and what transition game shows up. I still don't know how I feel about it, but for you some make reason. A choice. I'm taking the Riptide. I thought you were going to. <laughs> I thought you were going to. I don't know, man. I really don't know. You know what? I think I'm going to have to agree with you. I don't think I've taken the Riptide at all this year, and this is the one time I'm going to. Calgary's had it rough. They've had it real rough. So have the Riptide, but I think the Riptide have shown the offensive tendencies to mm-hmm. stay in games and that they're starting to hit that stride where they can start winning a couple games, and I think that uh, that just does it for me. I think Miles Jones is a big factor, too. I think that when you have a guy of that size and just that talented mm-hmm. in the sport and not a lot of the guys on the Roughnecks have seen him in the box game, 
Now, of course, some of these guys play both box and mm-hmm. field, so they have seen and come up against Miles Jones. But they haven't come up against him in these close quarters. Right. They can kind of run away from him sometimes <laughs> or stay away from him, yeah. right? The field is so large that sometimes you you go up against Miles Jones's team, but you're not going to get matched up mm-hmm. against Miles Jones. Right. In this game, there's switches everywhere. Mm-hmm. And and some of these guys are going to get matched up against this man. He's 6'4 and a beast mm-hmm. and it's just like pure oh, muscle. Oh no. Like so I think I think that X factor kind of does it for me. I think that Miles finds his stride a little I I I had my questions, but I do think that he's going to find his stride fairly quickly. He he's got that talent. He's very talented and he's talented enough that he will catch on quick. Right. I think the only other X factor in this game that would swing things Does Calgary's Dane favor is, is if Dane Doby's in. Uh, but I'm going Riptide. I, I have faith in uh, an epic road win for New York. Uh, let's kick it to Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern time in Rochester, Vancouver, Nighthawks. Can I take a guess at who you're going to pick? I'm going Warriors. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to pick because you said they're going to drop the first game. So, yeah. You know they're not as focused on that game. They they go, but they're, they're at home the first game. They are, and, and that's another reason why I wanted to pick them. Then they go away, right? And and they go away to a team that has struggled against starving for good, wins. They've struggled against good defensive teams, and the Warriors are starting to look like a good defensive team. I think the Warriors come out with this win too. They go two wins this That'd week. That'd be huge. Two wins this week. I think that in the standings. Like I said, they're they're poised to make that run for the top of the standings, right? They they have a losing record now, they're three and four, but this two game swing could be Puts. huge and that's kind of their goal this week, right? Yeah. It's their goal. They look at this week, hey, we've got two games, we're at home for the first one and we go away. We have a game break and if, we go away. Like it's 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 if Colorado ends up beating Saskatchewan and Vancouver wins both of those games, Vancouver is now in first place in the West. Exactly. This is this is the week that they tell each other, look, we can we can do this, right? And I think that that's definitely uh, something that they can do, and it's it's definite. Friday is harder than Sunday, in my opinion, mm-hmm. for them. The home game is harder for them definitely. for some reason, but. Um, I do think that they go away and they get this win again. And even if they split this weekend and Colorado beats Saskatchewan, there's a three-way tie for first place in the West. Exactly. So I, I, Because I, all three of those teams would be 500. Yeah. I, I think that the Warriors come out in this game. Or no, I'm mistaken. They'd still be they'd be in second place because there'd be a tie between Colorado and Saskatchewan because yeah. then they'd be four and five. Yeah. Uh, final game of the weekend, 3 p.m. in Toronto, Buffalo. Second game of the weekend. Second road game of the weekend. Taking on the Rock. It's it's a tough it's a tough week for the Bandits. They're not winning this game either. Yeah, I have the Rock taking this one. I agree. Uh, being we, at we, home, we agree a lot this week. Being at home, <laughs> kind of getting to just kind of sit back until Sunday, have that extra day of you know prep yeah. and and yeah. game study and and film study. I they think got, it's going to pay dividends for Toronto. They've got two days of prep technically. Yeah, but because they get to see what Bandits right. team comes out on the road, get that film. Watch prep, it on Saturday. Prep on Saturday. Go through walkthroughs, and then on Sunday, shoot around in the morning. Come out. Boom. And yeah, I think I think that the Rock win this game. Yeah, um, which is, will be huge in terms yeah. of the standings in the North, especially with Halifax on a bye. Hey, dude, if, if I'm going down this week, you're coming down with me. I'll I'll <laughs> go right there with you. So to recap the picks, I'm taking Buffalo on Friday night. Dom is taking Vancouver. Ding, ding. We're both going Colorado to upset the Rush at home in the game of the week. 
We're both going with the Riptide to take down the Roughnecks on the road. I hope that happens. That'd be amazing. Parody is great. Uh, then we're both taking the Warriors to take down the Rochester Nighthawks. And we're both going Toronto to uh, pull the, the home win out against the Buffalo Bandits. Those are your picks of the week for Week 11, brought to you by our friends at Design Tree. Uh, but yeah, if, if Toronto ends up winning that game and Buffalo drops both, Buffalo goes to 5-3. and three. Toronto leapfrogs them in the standings and is only uh, one game behind Halifax for first place in the North. I like that Halifax has a bye this week, especially after losing. Right? Mm-hmm. Come, like... Bring them back to reality, and and be like, all right, let's reset. We were, we were in our heads a little bit, and and we were too confident. And you know, maybe they were playing down to their competition. You know what I mean? And and yeah, reset. Come out next week, and let's ball out. So uh, I like that. And and the, yeah, the North is getting very very interesting it's those three teams i mean it's the east is just as interesting mm-hmm. the north and the east are both interesting we don't the west is everybody's the east, in the it. east has a week off right pretty they're, much they're it's, all it's, kicked back with their feet up watching these games like oh okay let's see yeah obviously the riptide are playing but like it's they're just like, so far back right now exactly. they have to build themselves up exactly these guys are all in their sofas chilling right like chefs cooking <laughs> blaze is chilling like these and and the West is so clogged. The, it's top to the bottom. West. All five teams the are in wild, it. wild West. Calgary man, need like we both picked New York, but Calgary needs to win this game. Oh, a hundred percent. Especially with the way San Diego looked last week. When San Diego comes out next week, do, they play next week, right? Uh, I believe so. It when they come out next week. Yeah, and San Diego plays at Colorado. That's next a big week. game. And and. San Diego's coming out, and if they come out strong, yeah, Calgary could be sweating a little bit this year. It could not be their year, right? Which will be interesting to see how the trade deadline goes, Now, too. look, Saskatchewan's at the lead, but, it again, we said they played less games, so, you know, that happens. Colorado and Vancouver are looking like very good teams. Mm-hmm. Well, Colorado is looking like a very, very good team. Vancouver is looking like a quality team that could take that extra step mm-hmm. to reach that next echelon of being a serious contender. Um. Like I said San about Diego's San Diego, back. San Diego's back. Uh, Calgary, they got to find themselves. They're struggling, obviously, because one of their main guys has been suspended. That's tough. Does it really make that much of a difference where it can help them go for one of those top? Biggest two spots? takeaway here too is Calgary is zero and three at home this season. That's not good. After dominating, yeah, that's not good. When they were at home last year, that's not good at all. You know the the. The parity in this league is absurd. Uh, just looking at just how close knit every sing- every single team in this league, except for New York and Rochester on paper right now, are mathematically in a playoff hunt. And the importance, because of the the restructure of the league and everything, of getting a top two finish in your division, is so important. And it's even more important in the West, where there's more teams in that division. Well, like. Like I said, the theme of the show this week is anybody can beat mm-hmm. anybody. Why do you think we took a one in seven team to beat Calgary? Right? A one in seven expansion team. It's their first year. They just signed Miles Jones. First road trip out west. No box experience. Well, professional box mm-hmm. experience. They're playing Calgary. They the won the title teams. last year. Like anybody can be anybody in this league. Anybody. Right, Philly lost a game to uh, 
They a lost team to Georgia. Beat. They lost to yeah, New they England. Lost to, uh, Georgia twice. They lost to Georgia twice, where they shouldn't have lost one of those games. Yeah. So, and and they lost to New England in one of those game in that game that they shouldn't have lost. No. So, anybody could be anybody on any given night. We saw that last That's week when Toronto beat Halifax. The theme. That was the biggest one. That is the theme. A uh, little bit of PLL news: the expansion draft announced. February twelfth. Excuse me, I didn't mean that. Like, like, oh, that's boring news. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, February twelfth. February twelfth. Next, next Wednesday on YouTube. On the YouTube's six p.m. Eastern time. Very exciting. The twelfth. That's a Wednesday. Yeah. What time? Six p.m. Oh, right before the live. Right pod. before the live pod. Nice. Uh, we'll six p.m. Oh. That sucks. We'll dissect. That's when I coach. We'll, I coach we'll, from six to we'll seven. We'll do a preview of it on Monday show on who we think is going to end up being taken. Okay. And then we'll recap it on Thursday show. Do they have the order out? Uh, well, this is just for the water dogs to pick. Oh, their they play. just picked. Yeah. Their, oh, okay. Yeah. Because so then that's, we'll have the entry draft, which okay, is all yeah, of the other players coming fun. in. That'll be fun then in to, March. To, you know, take our projections. Yeah. So the water dogs are taking eighteen players. In the expansion draft, can only have there's a lot of talent. Can only take four players from any given team, so it'll be interesting to see how friend of the show on our coaching staff, Andy Copeland, attacks this thing. The Water Dogs are poised to have a very strong team this yes. year. If they do this right, they could have a very good team. I will put a mortal lock in. Drew Snyder will be a Water Dog. You can't let that slip away. I'm I'm letting that happen. You can't let that kind of talent slip away. That's a mortal lock. Uh, you know, Drew was on the Unbuckled Chin Strap podcast talking about how Andy Copeland recruited him to Maryland. They've been in contact yeah, since you then. You can't let a guy like Drew Snyder slip away. Yeah, he's going to be a water dog. We're gonna have fun on Monday talking about that. Big time. Uh, um, we talk about the NLL, the PLL. Any team can be anybody at any mm-hmm. time, right? Everybody thought the Atlas were going to be crazy good. And, yes, they were very good in some games. You got Ryan Brown on the attack line. So, I mean, you, you kind of, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. with Paul Rabel and the best face-off guy in the world. And, and, and yet and they Tucker still Durkin. got clapped. And the Archers just clapped them. Their right? goal differential was the worst in the league. The Archers set the PLO record that game. Destroyed the most, them. Most points scored in a single PLO game. Disgusting. Most goals scored in a PLO playoff game. Most goals scored by a, a specific player in a game. Shout out Will Manning. Most points. Bro. Shout out Marcus Holman. Bro, like, anybody can beat anybody, right? It, who shows up? And, 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 yeah, and the Archers did it with two guys injured. Jackson the, Place was out. Tom Schreiber was out. The best player in lacrosse was injured. What? One of your best young defenders what? was out. What? Who is available and in this they expansion draft? Still put up t- like twenty six. Some yeah, it was some Something absurd. Like that. They beat them by like seventeen. Yeah, they decimated them. They said, "Bye, guys. We're getting the first pick." Bye bye. We <laughs> We're getting the first pick, so then we can trade it to Nat St. Lorenz. So he I can don't draft care TD. <laughs> that my boss. I don't care that my boss is on the opposing team. We are going to smash you guys. <laughs> we we have a we have a predetermined trade, so we got to win this game so we can get yeah. some uh, we, some capital back from Redwoods. We, we and, curse on this show, but I'm not going to say what I want to say. 
uh, about what the archers did. Got absolutely demolished. Yeah. By archers, <laughs> Atlas man. This has they got be, a lot to figure. This out. has to be somewhat safe for work. <laughs> I can't. I can't go off too much. But uh, like we said, guys, we'll have a full blown uh, PLL expansion draft kind of preview on Monday. Actually, hold on. I said not safe for work. That game was not safe. No. (laughs) (laughs) We'll also recap uh, week 11 of the NLL and uh, whatever else comes across. uh, You know, if any college things stand out to us, we'll we'll keep it bumping. And uh, we should have talked about some of that. Yeah, did you happen to see what the uh, North Carolina Colgate game was? Um, from this week or from last week? Or who Colgate played this week? Something they played this week, I think, right? Something. I may be wrong because I saw a highlight the other day, and uh-huh. I thought that that was a matchup for this week. Um, but midweek game shouldn't be happening yet. Yeah. So I'm I may just be seeing a highlight from last week. North Carolina played Colgate last week. Yeah. So I'm an idiot, and I don't watch February lacrosse. Yeah, we because just out here. It doesn't matter. We're waiting. It's still kind of preseason Listen, February, there. February lacrosse does not matter because who's always in the playoff hunt by the end? Duke. Duke. <laughs> and who always loses in the beginning of the college lacrosse season? Duke. Duke. So <laughs> you, you can't like last year. High Point was crazy yes. good at the beginning of the season, and at the end of the season, where's High Point? Nowhere. Bye. Yeah. I also I only like one guy on High Point. That's it, Asher Nolting, because he's disgusting and when he gets to the PLL that's one hell of a name he's so good that's an all-name team that's a very lacrosse name right (laughs) but um I can't wait till he's like he gets into the PLL and let's say he starts going like losing hair early listen to this I hate myself for thinking about this but (laughs) Asher Nolting is molting oh my god and on that (laughs) note And on that note, <laughs> make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts because for that. our guy, Stephen Keogh, retweeted the challenge. He's in full support of the challenge. He's in full support. We are getting the entire Halifax Thunderbirds organization on board. Uh, I love that Like uh, this is going to happen also during my lacrosse season. It's great. I can't wait. We might have to do it live on Instagram and Twitter. Just you actually shaving. The girls I go coach are going to hate me for it's it. It's so great. My students are going <laughs> to clown me for it. It's going to be hilarious, but I love it. It's I great. Love it. Stephen Keogh is all in favor of Dom getting a mustache to match his. Not just a mustache. A majestic handlebar mustache. It's going down as long as you guys get us to 100 five-star reviews. You're kind of in a good place to do it, too. I mean... <laughs> 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 nah, I'll do it. No, no Maybe once we that. get to 200, we'll do something. <laughs> Maybe I'll bleach it. <laughs> no, 200. If we get to two, how many subscribers do we have? Great question. How many, fo- how many followers on Twitter do we have? We are on the cusp of 800. When we get to 1,000 Twitter followers, you want to put on goalie stuff and step in the net? Let me shoot on you. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Content. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast and leave those five star ratings and reviews. I'll get you shin pads. Fair enough. And two cups. <laughs> <laughs> One for my face. I'll just give you a helmet. That's fair <laughs> enough. Uh, and just you know, drop any takes, knowledge on on the game that you want us to talk about in your review. Five stars only because we have standards. We want Dom to get the, <laughs> the handlebar mustache, and we know you guys have standards too. 
And if you don't have an iPhone, you can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, <laughs> Stitcher, <laughs> the TuneIn no app, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Follow us on Twitter at OTBLaxPod. Strong show. Same thing on Instagram. Follow Dom on Twitter at Wash Lifestyle. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Shout out AOL Instant Messenger. And uh, we'll be back on Monday. <laughs> Put the away <laughs> message on, lad. We're out of here. <laughs> we'll be back on Monday breaking all the lacrosse action down. So for everybody here at Underground Sports Philadelphia, for Dom, I'm Kyle. This has been episode 108 of the Outside the Box podcast. We are signing off. Out of the house, BRB, hit the line. <laughs>